what about what about fees? So what about fees? I always, you know, when 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 I go to look at different, I don't know if it's brokerages, there's always a fees attached. Everything has fees. So if, why would those fees? What what do the, what do the fees look like first of all uh, in something like this? Yeah. So a self-directed IRA from a fee perspective is very straightforward. Um, always keep in mind that it's self-directed, meaning that the account owner is calling all the shots. They're in full control. So if they reap a large return, that is all they're doing. That's them finding the investment, self-directing the account. We're not advising people on where to invest or, or specifically what assets to invest in. So the customer gets to reap all those returns. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, if you're learning a ton, and today, dude, get out a pen and paper because you're going to learn a lot. Uh, this is this is definitely higher level education than what I typically talk about. So this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, leave a like, subscribe, um, leave a little review. Nothing crazy. Just kind of say, hey, I, you know, John had some really good points here. I'm kind of interested in, in, in moving forward. Um, nothing crazy. You don't have to get uh, too big into a narrative here. Um, guys, also, we talk about land a lot. It's the Land Life Podcast. If you have interest in land and you're thinking, you know what? I have a full-time job. I really don't want to kind of spend the day-to-day -day dealing with land. Uh, shoot me a message. I can uh, explain to you kind of how ways you can get involved in the business without being involved in the day-to-day. -day. Um, yeah, guys. Otherwise, today we got John Bowens here. He's going to talk about self-directed IRAs. Um, John's in Cleveland. Uh, how's it going? It's going good, PJ. Hey, thanks so much for having me on today's program. I'm excited to educate and inform and hopefully inspire some folks to look at retirement planning through a little bit different lens. And I should mention that I'm not here to talk about stocks and mutual funds and not here to talk about traditional asset investing models. I'm not here to talk about annuities or insurance products. Uh, my business and what I've been involved in for a lot of years is what's known as self-directed IRAs and the ability to be able to invest in alternative assets, more specifically real estate and land investments with retirement funds. And a lot of people just aren't aware of the fact, I didn't know about this when I started 15 years ago, that you could use a retirement plan to buy real estate. And so I'm excited to share with your audience a little bit more about how that works. Absolutely. That's awesome. So real quick though, before we get started, want to kind of get a background on you. Give us the Cliff's Notes version of kind of where you came from and what got you to the point we're at right now. Sure, sure. So I started working with a real estate company about 20 years ago, a small mom and pop real estate company owned some commercial property as well as residential single family rental properties. And at that time, I was also working my way through business finance school. And my trajectory at that time was to become a financial advisor, financial planner, uh, and then go from there, it, you know, work in traditional wealth management. And everything I learned if you will, academically, was around the traditional stock market. And I learned a lot about what was known as the, and still to this day is known as the 60-40 model, 60% 60 public equities, 40% uh, bonds, or 40% fixed income. And so my training and schooling was all around using IRAs and 401ks and other retirement plans to invest in the traditional stock market. And so I was working for this real estate company at the time, and I went to the owners of the company. It was a father and son. And 
I said, you know, I've never heard of you guys offering any type of IRA or 401k or other type of retirement plan for yourselves and your employees. Um, why, why don't you have an IRA or 401k? It seems like these are very powerful from a preservation perspective, wealth preservation perspective, because they have unique tax advantages, IRAs, Roth IRAs, all these different types of retirement plans. If you, if done properly, you can avoid capital gains tax or ordinary income taxes. And so I thought to myself, why aren't they using these types of accounts? And they said, well, John, we don't believe in those types of accounts because we don't believe in the stock market. And I thought that was interesting. They had made their wealth for themselves and their family and created a legacy succession plan for their family out of real estate. And they didn't believe in the stock market. And so I thought to myself at that time, you know, there's got to be a better way. And coincidentally, I ran into the equity trust company founder, Dick Desich, 15 years ago. He became my mentor. And that's when I jumped aboard here at Equity Trust. And what I learned from Mr. Desich, who's widely known as the pioneer of the self-directed IRA industry, started our company back in 1974. I learned that you could use an IRA or an old 401k or an old 403b or an old 457 rollover or a thrift savings plan. These are just different types of retirement plans. I could take that money, I could unlock it from where it's at now, and I could put it into a self-directed IRA and not pay taxes or penalties. And then I could go out and invest in real estate. I could buy a single family rental property. I could do a fix and flip type transaction. I could buy a piece of land and sit on that land, allow it to appreciate and then sell it. I could invest in a partnership. I could invest in a land fund. I could make private money loans. I could invest in private companies. I could invest in gold and silver. And at that time, my mind was absolutely blown because I was thinking to myself, wait a second, this can't be real. I've, I, I spent thousands of dollars academically to only learn about investing in the stock market with IRAs. That's got to be the only way to do it, right? Why didn't my professors tell me about this? Well, unfortunately, a lot of people just aren't, aren't doing this or don't know about it. And it, I, by the way, it, it has become a lot more popular over the last 15 years. And that's not just because of me and getting involved <laughs> in the business. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to find this business 15 years ago. It's treated me very well. I'm a, I'm a real estate investor myself. I own rental properties in my self-directed account. I do private money lending to real estate investors. I'm not here to you know find people to lend money to. I'm not here to do deals with folks. I'm here strictly just to educate and inform individuals on on what this process looks like. So yeah. hopefully that was a decent enough introduction and uh, sort of paints the picture a little bit, PJ, on, on what a self-directed IRA could actually be used for. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So let's say I have a, an IRA through my job or a, or a 401k or something like that, right? A retirement account. Um, will they let me invest into real estate or do I have to stick to their plan? Because I see that a lot, uh, like a specific um, plan they have and, the, and they won't allow you to pull it out. Is it possible to pull it out and, and, and go with you guys? So it's pretty rare if you're still working for the company, pretty rare that you can roll that money over into a self-directed IRA and begin investing in what we call alternative investments, assets like real estate. Uh, the 401k in of itself, in 99.9% .9 of cases, they're not going to allow you to use that 401k money to invest in real estate or land or other alternatives. You got to get it out of the plan and into a self-directed IRA. 
if you're still working for that company, most likely you're not going to be able to roll it over. But once you leave that employer or meet a certain qualifying event, then you can simply do a rollover to a self-directed IRA. There's no taxes or penalties, by the way. That's one of the most common questions I get, PJ, which is if I roll my money over from one account to a self-directed IRA, or if I have an IRA and I transfer that into a self-directed IRA, are there taxes or penalties? And, they, and the answer is there's absolutely no taxes or penalties. You're just moving from one account to another. And then from there, you can deploy that capital for the various types of real estate investments or other alternative assets that you might be looking into. Uh, but again, if you're still working for that company, most likely you're not going to be able to roll the money out. There are some instances where you can do what's called an in-service withdrawal. That's the terminology that folks will want to write down, in-service withdrawal. In-service withdrawal. And what that means is while you're still working, you can roll some of the money out into a self-directed IRA. Um, don't get your hopes up because not a lot of plans offer this provision. Once you attain the age of 59 and a half, which is the qualified retirement age, oftentimes you can actually, while you're still working, roll the money over into a self-directed IRA. And keep in mind, PJ, for all of your listeners, that self-directed is just an industry term. So if you go to publication 590 of the IRS, if you go to the tax code section 408 for anybody out there interested in light reading, you're not going to find. <laughs> Sounds exciting, man. Sounds really exciting. Exactly. Well, you know, PJ, <laughs> I, I tell people, uh, you know, just laugh at me when I tell a dry joke because I spend a lot of time in the tax code and, you know, <laughs> IRAs and, you know, sometimes it forces people into screensaver mode. So we got to keep things a little lively here. But needless to say, self-directed, you're not going to see that as a legal term. That's just an industry term. It just indicates to you that you can take that money and you can invest in whatever it is that you want to invest in. So as long as you're not engaging in something that's called a prohibited transaction, which there's few and far between of those types of transactions. And it's important to know that some companies, 401k providers, IRA providers, uh, they may offer a self-directed IRA, but generally they're only going to allow you to self-direct into stocks, mutual funds, ETFs. If you want to self-direct into real estate, that's where you have to find a custodian is what we refer to ourselves as. You got to find a custodian that has the ability to facilitate these alternative investment transactions. And there aren't a lot of us out there. We, we've been fortunate doing this for a very long time. We allow customers to invest in any alternative asset for the most part that is not considered a prohibited transaction. And so real estate, land, private placements, private equity, private direct investments, uh, gold and silver, cryptocurrency, uh, really any type of alternative investment that someone might be interested in exploring. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Okay. I didn't realize crypto would have been involved in that too. Um, okay. So let's say I, I, I run a construction company right now, right? Previously, I had this job. I had this, this 401k. It's kind of been sitting there messing around. I mean, I don't really work there anymore. I don't need to mess with it anymore. Now, I run this construction company. I'm spending all day dealing with this. But I do want to buy real estate and kind of have it set for my retirement. I want something building on the side while I'm building this company. Um, what does that process look like? What do I do? Like, what are the steps I need to take to, to do something like that? Yeah, I, that's a great question, PJ. My, my background too, even prior to all this was, was construction, construction management. Um, I still own houses. Um, I still manage construction projects. So I can appreciate uh, what goes into that. And as far as retirement plans are concerned, somebody who's in the construction business, 
they may want to look at a SEP IRA, a simplified employee pension plan, uh, or maybe they have money from an old 401k and they can roll that over into a self-directed IRA. So you get money in the account and you can get money into a self-directed IRA through transfers or rollovers from other retirement plans or through contributions. So there's a certain amount you can contribute every single year to an IRA or a SEP IRA. So for example, let's say somebody is in the construction business and they're self-employed. Let's assume they don't have any employees and they open up a SEP IRA for this year, they could potentially get upwards of 66,000 into that plan and get a tax deduction for it. Hmm. And then they can use that money to go out and invest in real estate. Uh, so for example, uh, I'll give you a property uh, purchase that I did. This was back in 2020. I bought a, a rental property with my self-directed IRAs. And I bought it for $63,000. And I bought it to hold it as a rental property with the expectations that there could be an opportunity to sell it and harvest my profits. And those profits would be tax-free. And then I could roll that money into another investment. So in 2020, I bought this duplex for $63,000. Over the course of two years, I put $15,000 worth of work into it. I bought it from a motivated seller that had about $15,000 in deferred maintenance in the property. So they just weren't doing a good job keeping up with the house. I knew of these issues when I bought the house. Again, coming from a construction background, you know, it's pretty easy to go in. Plus, with your inspection, understand what needs to get done. So we got the property at a good price. We also needed to stabilize the tenants in the property. Uh, so we had one tenant that that we needed to um, remove from the property, uh, another tenant to get a good lease in place and get that performing. So over two years, we did maintenance on the property, some improvements, minor improvements, and we got it stabilized from a cash flowing perspective. And then we ended up selling it in 2022. When I say we, I'm talking about my wife and I, my wife and I, uh, we are investor team members, uh, so we use our self-directed IRAs. We partner our self-directed IRAs. And so we sold this property, and we made 35000 in profit, which went back into our self-directed accounts. And that was all tax-exempt because self-directed IRAs are tax-exempt. So no long-term capital gains tax, no recapture depreciation, no Schedule E. That profit went back into our self-directed IRAs. And we saved about $5,000 in taxes. And then we went out and we took that money that we made from the profits with some other money. And we made a private money loan to a real estate investor to do a house flip. And we made 9% on our money. So owning property, making private money loans. Uh, those are some examples. I, I think some pretty simple examples of how you could utilize a self-directed IRA. For somebody that's in the construction business, they also might consider maybe partnering with another investor. So for example, I know a client from Dayton, Ohio, I'm not going to use his name, Investor A, we'll call him. Investor A only had about 13000 and some change in a Roth IRA. And he was in the construction and real estate business. And he found a property and he knew he could buy it, renovate it and sell it for a profit. So he partnered up with another investor. He brought in his 13,000 and some change with his Roth IRA. And then investor B brought in financing for the remaining 75,000 purchase and rehab. They sold the property for about 140. And investor A with only 13,000 and some change in the deal, he took 50% of the net profit, which turned out to be about 34,000 in tax-free profit. Wow. Now, 
even though he has a construction company, he didn't do the work himself. He paid other people to do that work. Um, but he ended up making 34000 in profit, which was exempt from tax because it's in the Roth IRA. And he grew his Roth IRA from about 13000 and some change to over 47000 tax-free. And then lastly, PG, I'll mention, you can get really creative with self-directed IRAs. I have a client that uh, he does some equipment financing. So he buys uh, like skid steers, um, some smaller like backhoes, you know, a machinery like that. And um, he he leases that that machinery to construction companies. So you can get really creative with your IRA equipment financing. So making a loan and putting UCC one filing on a piece of equipment like a skid steer or a trailer or something of that nature. There's all different ways you can get creative with your self-directed IRA and actually conduct transactions with people that are in your profession, whether you're in the construction business, HVAC business, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So if you have a, a, a uh, you know, an IRA or a 401k just sitting out there, you know, this might be something to think about to actually keep it active, wake it up, kind of uh, put it back to work um, real quick though. I have to ask this question. I know somebody, I can't pass this over. You said you bought a duplex for $63,000. That's correct. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, by the Where way. Where did you buy a duplex? Okay. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, we uh, our real estate market's interesting here. Um, Midwest town, if you will, uh, okay. suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, that's that's my home base. That's where our headquarters is here at Equity Trust. Um, you know, obviously, the, those types of opportunities, I'm not going to say that, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of those opportunities. And for everybody to come to Cleveland, Ohio, of course, I don't want to create too much competition as well. Um, but you will find yeah, yeah. there are plenty of out-of-state investors that do come to Cleveland, Ohio for cash flowing properties because of the the price of real estate and the opportunity for cash flowing rentals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, real quick, uh, what about what about fees? So what about fees? I always, you know, when, when, when I go to look at different I don't know if it's brokerages, there's always a fees attached. Everything has fees. So if, why would those fees, what, what, the, what do the fees look like, first of all, uh, in something like this? Yeah, so a self-directed IRA from a fee perspective is very straightforward. Um, always keep in mind that it's self-directed, meaning that the account owner is calling all the shots. They're in full control. So if they reap a large return, that is all they're doing. That's them finding the investment, self-directing the account. We're not advising people on where to invest or, or specifically what assets to invest in. So the customer gets to reap all those returns. Uh, for example, investor A and investor B, who I mentioned in Dayton, Ohio, yeah. investor A, he made 34000 tax-free. His maintenance fee for his account was $350 oh, and wow. he had a $50 setup fee. So he paid $400 and made $34,000 tax-free. But our fees as a custodian are straightforward. It's not a assets under management or a percentage of the total uh, AUM, if you will. Uh, we're a custodian. Uh, we're not managing assets. So we're different than a financial advisor or financial planner in the way that they're going to operate. And so our fees are straightforward. If you have an account, for example, between fifty to one hundred thousand, you would pay a maintenance fee of of five uh, four hundred fifty dollars. If you had an account between one hundred to two hundred thousand, you'd pay a five hundred dollar fee. From two hundred to three hundred thousand, you would pay a seven hundred dollar fee. 
And folks can go to our website, trustetc.com, and we transparently have our fee schedule. We're a chartered trust company. So of course, we have to make sure that we're full disclosure on all of our fees. And uh, and that's it. Uh, it's a pretty yeah. straightforward fee. And folks that want to self-direct, they open up an account and they direct their funds for their investment. We have an online technology portal that allows them to navigate that process. And of course, one-on-one -on -one personalized support for folks to be able to actually speak to someone over the phone and walk them through their process of buying and selling real estate with their IRA funds. Okay. Th those seem like low fees and I'm not just like blowing smoke and trying to, you know, trying to sell the company, sell, sell the business, but those seem like super low fees. Um, or do you ever partner with, does the company ever partner with people uh, on any sort of real estate deals? I don't know if that would be a thing you guys would do. Uh, great question, PJ. We don't, uh, as a regulated firm, that would mm -hmm. create a number of implications and issues. Yeah. So uh, we have a, we have a number of customers. Uh, we have over two hundred thousand accounts, and we have over forty billion under custody and administration as a trust company. Uh, so we're able to keep our fees. I'm not going to say we're the lowest fee provider in the industry. Uh, we're about middle of the range. Uh, we're not the highest fee provider. We provide a number of technology solutions and one-on-one -on -one personalized support. So just like anything else in business, uh, you want to find the right custodian for your specific needs and what you're looking to accomplish. So, I mean, you kind of just said that, but what makes you guys different? What what, what sets you apart from everybody else uh, in the industry? If your fees are roughly the same, there's got to be something that's making you guys better if you have that much money under yeah, so there's there's two reasons why folks will come to our firm. Uh, the first is our education in our online portal for clients to be able to initiate their investments and manage their investments from paying for bills to collecting rent from tenants if they're in the private money lending business, collecting interest and principal payments from their borrowers. Uh, in education, the video training, uh, we have an entire course that we supply our new customers with that they can learn from us. Uh, they can learn from other clients. We've processed thousands of transactions. We do over a million transactions a year. So we actually have a lot of case studies and examples of how other clients are finding success with self-directed IRAs. And then the second would be one-on-one -on -one personalized support. So every new client, they are assigned a single point of contact, what we call onboarding specialist. And that's sort of their sidekick to walk them through all of their transactions. So those are the two reasons why a lot of folks will be attracted to, to our business model and what we offer. Okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to pitch this company. I just, I don't think a lot of people that listen to this particular podcast really talk or are, are, are aware of what you guys do. Right. I don't think right. they are. I think it's a lot of transactional business people. So, you know, you buy a house, you flip it and you sell it. And then, you know, maybe you buy an apartment building and you, you cash flow on that forever and, and you never really think about it. This is just kind of provides another option for, for retirement, I guess. Right. That's you, you got it right, PJ. And uh, a lot of folks in financial services, IRAs and retirement plans, most people are used to this model. Go to a financial advisor, a financial planner, put all your money with them. They might sell other products as well, like insurance type products, but go to one person and essentially put your life savings with that person. And so that's that's sort of the way we're conditioned as a society, unfortunately. And so what our customers do is they break that model. They say, we don't want that model. 
we don't want the model of putting all of our eggs in one basket. Yeah. We want the model of being able to gain 100% exposure to alternative investments or allocate a percentage of a retirement plan to alternative investments. And that could be real estate, that could be private equity, that could be cryptocurrency, that could be gold and silver, whatever the investor wants to invest in. We don't tell folks what their allocation should be. They make that decision entirely on their own. But that that's the key here. We, we don't sell investment products and I think it's really important for Americans to understand that when they're talking to people in financial services, there's nothing wrong with working with an advisor or a financial planner. In fact, we encourage folks to explore all their options and to think of equity trust as one member of their financial team. But you always got to keep in mind that the, the person on the other end there, they're selling something. They're selling an investment product. They're selling a portfolio of funds. They're selling uh, specific strategies, right? And, and that may or may not be in your best interest. And so you really, as a consumer investor, need to look at all of your options and do your due diligence. If you're somebody that's already doing incredibly well in real estate and you have a lot of success, why not have that same degree of success in your retirement funds? And that's exactly going back to the family that I worked for years ago. That's why they didn't want to put retirement money into the stock market because they knew they could do better in real estate. And I'm not here to say that everybody can do better in real estate because some people might not be able to do better in real estate. But if you already have a proven track record or you're getting yourself educated on investing in real estate, why not consider doing that with a self-directed IRA? And that's how we've built our business over the years. You're not going to find national television campaigns. We don't have billboards. We don't have Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. Um, we don't have local offices with advisors that go to you know churches and local rotary meetings and sell their financial products. That's not what we do. Our business model has been purely built off of referrals and folks finding success, investing in real estate and other alternatives with their IRAs, and then telling their friends and family about it. Yeah. So it's funny that the financial planner aspect of, of things, I've spoken with other financial planners, especially prior to having a business. I didn't know what I didn't know, I guess. Um, what I did know was to ask them what they're investing in. Um, and, and a lot of times they didn't necessarily know what they were investing in and they weren't making very much money. That's kind of the whole point of this is to make money. Uh, and they really weren't, and they couldn't really explain it away to me other than they could explain the products they were selling. So I think it's really interesting what you were saying earlier, you are doing, you are investing in real estate. You were actually um, involved in the industry itself, right? You're using this self-directed IRA to buy real estate. So, uh, I mean, I'm not, once again, I'm not, I swear I'm not selling your stuff, but uh, it's, it's definitely a, um, it's a difference when you, it's, it's, a, it's a very obvious difference between what you're talking about versus any of the financial planners I've come in contact with. Um, one thing I did have a question about, okay, I have this self-directed IRA. We've been starting to look at funds. Okay. So funds for different real estate endeavors. Are you able to take the money from your self-directed IRA and invest in a fund? Is that able to be done? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a number of clients and they have for years invested their IRA funds in what we'll call private direct investments, private equity funds, uh, or other entities. So for example, uh, I understand you're in the land business, PJ. Mm -hmm. So let's use a land example. Let's say that 
an investor, uh, we'll call them an operator, they are going to buy up a bunch of land and they're going to maybe develop that land or maybe they're going to hold it and then sell it. Uh, maybe do some subdivision. You know, obviously there's a lot of things that can go on in the land business. Sure. Um, and I'm sure you can relate a lot to. And so let's say this operator creates a fund and they're going to go out and raise capital. And we see this frequently. And there's different uh, ways that folks will go out and raise capital. This is where folks would want to, of course, make sure if they're doing this to talk to a, a securities attorney. Uh, but there's certain exemptions uh, exempt from SEC registration. And one example is Rule 506 Reg D. You'll hear that a lot. Oh, I'm I'm using my IRA to invest in a Reg D fund, or I'm using my IRA to invest in a Rule 506 Reg D fund, or crowdfunding. You hear that term used a lot. So, um, you know, the idea here is it's usually a, a limited liability company or a limited partnership, but usually you see a, a limited liability company, and then the IRA investor becomes a member of that LLC has an interest in that LLC. And you can absolutely do that. It's very similar to investing in stock in a company, but instead you're investing in a privately held company. So of course, there's some additional nuances with that, but relatively speaking, to answer your question, PJ, your IRA can invest in a fund. Uh, sometimes that's land. Sometimes it's an apartment building where an investor is raising capital to go buy an apartment building, do a value add, and then maybe exit in three to five years. So as an IRA investor, you can be a partner in that fund. Uh, or maybe there are other private market investments that someone is looking into. Uh, for example, here at Equity Trust, uh, one of the tools that we have as a client is a system called WealthBridge. And this WealthBridge system allows people to essentially connect into a variety of private market asset providers, everything from private equity to venture capital, to um, short-term type investment opportunities. Wow. So we're not here. We don't sell investments. We just provide a lot of resources for individuals to be able to take part in that. So sometimes it's a smaller fund that someone wants to invest in, just a, a you know, maybe a, just a group of investors that are coming together, you know, maybe just five or 10 investors that are all putting their money into an LLC, or maybe it's a much larger fund type opportunity. Either one you could do with a self-directed IRA account. No kidding. So it's kind of just oper gives you an opportunity to invest in all in really every type of a, of of investment outside of the stock market, right? I mean, that's what what can't you invest in? What what? Give me some examples of things that that somebody would be thinking about right now that you cannot invest in. Yeah, it's a great question, PJ. So you're right that you can invest in just about anything outside of the stock market. Uh, I mentioned equipment leasing. Uh, alpaca farms, uh, cattle. We have people that use their IRAs to actually invest in head of cattle. Um, so you can get really creative. What you can't invest in, and it's interesting, PJ, because the, the tax code back in 1974, when the Employee Retirement Income Securities Act was passed, the, the government tells us what we can't do, not what we can do. So we can't use our IRA to invest in collectibles. So things like artwork, rugs, stamps, um, antique automobiles, uh, those, those are prohibited. Uh, you can invest in certain coins. So as long as they have a minimum fineness. So there are people that invest in like gold and silver Eagles, for example, or, uh, silver gold maple leaves. Uh, those are permissible because of the minimum fineness that they have. Uh, but collectibles are a no, no. And then alcoholic beverages and life insurance policies. And then lastly, there are what are called prohibited transactions. 
So your IRA can't self-deal with yourself, your spouse, your children, your parents. So examples of that would be, and I get this question all the time, PJ, I own a property now, or it's in an LLC or trust that I control or that I funded, let's say, and I want to sell that to my IRA. That would be prohibited. Uh, you can't use your IRA money and loan it to yourself or your business. That's prohibited. Uh, another big one I get, especially amongst uh, my friends in the construction business, is um, you know I want to buy um, this steel building and there are three units and I'm going to occupy one unit and then lease out the other two and I want to use my IRA funds. That that would also be a prohibited transaction. You can't self deal. So the idea is is you want to make sure that your IRA money is being used for investment purposes only, and you're not lining your own pocket in the here and now. Okay. This is super interesting stuff, man. You're, I think you're teaching a lot of people that didn't know. I mean, there's some of the guys listening to this podcast, we're talking seven, eight figure guys that just didn't, we're just not, you, you, you know, you start, you go from uh, basically a, not a manual labor, but a maybe government jobs or or construction, maybe some college, maybe some, maybe not. But you basically grow up in an industry, realize, hey, man, I, I want to do a little bit more. And you kind of build a business, but you don't go the traditional educational route that I think a lot of people do go. So a lot of people that are, that are listening to this didn't don't get this type of education, right? You know, you get the, uh, I guess the on, in the grind education when you're building a business yourself, they, they learn that side of things and it makes them a lot of money, but you don't learn these kinds of things, which would be, I guess, really good for the long term, right? It's um, as far as they're learning a, a great skill that's making them a ton of cash, but as far as the long-term retirement, when you can't do these things anymore, you know, kind of where your finance is at. So you, this is pretty interesting. You're absolutely right, PJ. Um, and these IRAs, so they're powerful. And, and this is where I think you were going with that is, is wealth preservation. So retirement accounts are for your retirement. And that's beyond 59 and a half. 59 and a half is the qualified retirement age. That's when you can begin taking money out of your IRAs and be exempt from any penalties. And I'll hone in on a Roth IRA. The Roth IRA is from my perspective, the single most powerful financial tool. And it didn't come about until 1998. The legislation was passed in 1997. William Roth Jr. from Delaware, he since passed away. He was the legislative sponsor. He made nine attempts at this, finally got it passed. And in 1998, we were gifted in the United States with this incredibly powerful, uh, some will even say at times, magical tool. The Roth IRA, you put money in after tax. And some people on today's call are probably thinking, well, I was told that I can't have a Roth IRA because I make too much money. Yeah. Well, there's what's called a backdoor Roth where you contribute to a traditional and then you convert over to a Roth. So almost every man, woman, and child in the United States can qualify for a Roth IRA. And so you get money into this Roth after tax and then you begin investing. And I mentioned that example before, uh, the two gentlemen, Investor A and Investor B from Dayton, that did a real estate partnership, a joint venture, and investor A made 34000 tax-free in his Roth. He'll never pay a dime of tax ever again in his life on that money. As long as he waits till he's 59 and a half, and then he starts taking money out, he'll never pay any tax. I have two clients, uh, to put into perspective, PJ, from St. Louis, Missouri, and they started about 200000 in their Roth IRAs back in 2010. They'd done over 20 real estate transactions. And they've grown their Roth IRAs to over a million dollars in properties. 
They have 14 cash flowing properties still in their IRAs, Roth IRAs, and 130,000 in net tax-free cash flow coming in every single year, and they pay 0% tax. No long-term capital gains tax, no recapture depreciation on the properties, no Schedule E's. It's all tax-free in their Roth IRA. And when I asked this couple, what are you planning on doing with that money, being that they're generating 130000 every year? They said, John, we're not using any of that money. We plan on leaving it to our children. And if our children have children, we're going to leave it to our grandchildren. And we're going to leave a tax-free legacy. Roth IRAs, you pay no taxes on your distribution. So as long as you follow the rules and you take money out after 59 and a half, and you can leave it to your children or grandchildren tax-free as well. So some incredible estate planning and legacy planning components mm-hmm. to these Roth IRAs. I can't stress enough for audience members to, to drill down more into Roth IRAs. If you don't know anything about it, there's tons of education. We have a YouTube channel that has a lot of it on there too. Just a lot of information that you can explore on uh, how these accounts could potentially work for you. Yeah, that that is interesting to me because the generational wealth thing, I think, is such a big deal right now. Um, we make maybe a decent amount of money. But how do we continue the, the generations you know, down the road, right? How do I, I don't want to just give my kids a bunch of cash because it's not going to be there in, in, in a month probably, right? So how to have something that's, I don't know, I guess you hear of families that do these things. You just don't know what you don't know. So this is kind of that, that thing that gives your kids and your grandkids consistent, I guess, wealth or income for generations, right? You're right about that, PJ. Um, compounding interest in the absence of taxation. It, it's something I routinely talk about. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, but I I'll like say that. Again. Compounding interest in the without tax taxation? Without taxes. You could say it that way. Compounding okay. interest without taxes. Because when you run a compounding interest calculation, you plug that into your time value money calculator, right? And what people aren't factoring oftentimes is taxes, whether it's short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains, ordinary income taxes. And let's face it, what's going on in the United States right now, and and usually when I do live events, PJ, I'll ask, you know, who thinks taxes are going down? I get like one hand. Who thinks taxes are staying the same? I get like three. Who thinks taxes are going up? I get like 600 hands in front of a live audience, right? I mean, most people in business, most entrepreneurs, most people that we're spending time with, they think taxes are going up, whether that's because of their own income situation or because of tax policy. And so if you want to hedge against rising tax rates, a Roth IRA and these self-directed tools can be highly powerful. Just to put it into perspective, if I put $6,000 away every single year for the next 25 years, and I factored in taxes of 30% and a compounding return of 12%, after 25 years in a non-IRA environment, I would have about 600,000 saved. In a tax deferred, what is known as traditional IRA environment, I'd have about $900,000 saved. So I'd save about $300,000 in taxes. Then in a Roth IRA, I'd have 1.115 million saved over 25 years. So if I compare a Roth IRA to a taxable environment, factoring in a 30% tax rate, I'd be paying over $500,000 in taxes. So these accounts can be incredible from a savings perspective. That doesn't mean that folks are going to do every single investment inside of their self-directed IRAs. It's, It's a marathon, not a sprint. So as an investor myself, my wife and I have 
properties and we have investments outside of our IRAs. And then we have investments inside of our IRAs. And we try to do as much as we can every year with our, our IRAs so that we have a nice tax-free nest egg for our future retirement. Yeah. Yeah. We're not saying you have to put everything in the IRA right now because you still need money to live, but um, you know, maybe a percentage, I guess, what would you say would be a good percentage of, of in the IRA versus um, take home pay, I guess. That's a great question. You know, the ratio of deals inside versus outside. Um, no, no exact number, but I'll give you a couple rules of thumb. So for somebody that is growing their business um, and, and they're really focusing a lot on growing their business, they're probably going to do more deals outside of their IRA than in their IRA because they need money now to be able to put that back into their business, reinvest, retain earnings, right? All that. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe it's just one or two deals a year in their IRA especially for those that are maybe doing like wholesaling or they're doing a lot of flips, you know, maybe do one or two properties inside their IRA on an annual basis. Uh, and then as folks get older, generally what happens as they get older, the ratio shifts. So as they get older and they're getting closer to retirement, they start doing more investments in their retirement plans because they have more money built up. Yeah. So they have the critical mass, if you will, or critical capital to be able to do more. And they're getting closer to retirement and being able to use that money personally. So they want to continue to grow that money tax-free. And then some folks get to a point where they have so much money built up in their Roth IRAs and other self-directed accounts that they, in a way, can, can just invest exclusively out of those accounts and all their profits are tax-exempt. Uh, for example, I have a client that has 10 IRAs and investment accounts for himself and his various family members. He has two daughters. So he has Roth IRAs for them. Um, he has an HSA, a health savings account that you can self-direct into real estate. He has his wife's uh, IRAs as well. And he combines multiple accounts together to do private money loans. So another thing that we hadn't even talked about is that you can partner multiple IRAs and money sources together to be able to do deals. So when I talked about that property earlier, PJ, that was actually a partnership between my traditional and my Roth but I could partner my IRA with my spouse's IRA. I could even partner my IRA money with my non-IRA money. I just have to make sure everything is done proportionally. All income and expenses flows proportionally. So this investor that I was mentioning, he has 10 accounts. He partnered all 10 accounts to make a private money loan to a mobile home park investor. So it was a guy who bought a mobile home park. He needed mm -hmm. financing. So his name is Stan. Stan brought in all 10 accounts and made a loan to this mobile home park operator. And then all the income flowed back into the respective accounts proportionate with the capital contribution that was made for the investment. So investors can get really creative in, in partnering multiple money sources together to do private money loans or individual property purchases, apartment buildings, land development or land yeah. investing, You know, essentially whatever it is that they want to do. There's so many things I didn't know. I, I didn't know what I didn't know, I guess. But yeah, this is super interesting stuff, man. John, I really appreciate it, man. How can people get hold of you if they want to, like, if they want to keep this conversation going? Because, I mean, I can only ask so many questions. I'm asking all of this. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. This is like all fairly new to me. I kind of, I feel like I understood the basics prior to this conversation, but there's so many other things that are like a lot more, they're so interesting. I mean, and I'm sure people have other questions. How can people get hold of you if they wanted to, to keep this conversation going? Yeah, real easy. Our website is trustetc.com, uh, trustetc.com, it looks like. 
and I also encourage folks to, if they want to learn more before they actually reach out and talk to us and one of our associates, we call them IRA counselors. So you can call up and speak to one of our IRA counselors. Uh, they don't sell investment products. So you don't have to worry about getting involved in a you know kind of high pressure sales situation. Uh, they're here to educate you. And so you can make an informed decision on whether you want to self-direct an IRA or not. Um, so you can do that or go to our YouTube page. Uh, just search Equity Trust Company on YouTube. And we have all kinds of video content on how to how this works, how to do it, um, what are the next steps and, and things of that nature. So those are, I think, two of the best resources that folks can reach out and get connected with us and learn more. You guys on social media a lot? Like, uh, in, uh, are you doing a lot of like uh, TikTok videos? We, like we do. So we do have um, videos that we do on, on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram to, to get the message out. Yeah. Um, and we find that that's been pretty effective because to your point, PJ, you know, a lot of people just don't know about this and we have really challenged ourselves and I've challenged myself with, um, you know, really shouting at the top of a mountain about this to, to be able to help more investors. You know, I've, it's changed my life. I've, I've seen it change the life of a lot of investors out there. So I'm hopeful that we can get that information out. We really appreciate what you do, PJ, and uh, putting podcasts like this together for folks. Uh, I know it's a lot of time and resources and probably not a ton of payback, but uh, it's something I mean, that you it's do. making me rich, man. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> That's how but I it's... feed the kids with this podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I know, I know that it, it comes with, uh, it comes with, you know, wanting to help people. So we appreciate you, uh, you doing it uh, to get this message out. And I think it's folks like you that, you know, really change the trajectory of how people manage their finances and their investments. Yeah. Thanks, man. And I will say too, Thank you for making that for, for for explaining this in a way that someone like me would understand it. Because I, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm not saying I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm not a Mensa member currently, but I I will say explaining something like this to the average person is probably the biggest hurdle. When I were to hear about like um, a self directed IRA, maybe in my previous life, I would have been like, eh, I don't understand any of that stuff. That's that's above my pay grade, right? That's for I, I just don't get it. So for, for you to explain it in a way that, you know, we understand it and to have videos on TikTok and stuff like that, I think it'll help a ton too. Yeah, I appreciate that, PJ. And you know, you know what it is in my experience is I work with a lot of incredibly intelligent people, uh, clients uh, that come from all different backgrounds, um, construction companies, like you said, real estate, uh, private equity firms, uh, but they don't know much about self-directed IRAs. And yeah. so- you know, we're very good at self-directed IRAs. And then the people that come to us are very good at investing their money yeah. and know where they want to invest. And then we bring the two together. So no one should ever feel ashamed of like not knowing what a self-directed IRA is or not even knowing anything about an IRA, because let's face it, it's not your fault. Society doesn't really spend a lot of time and schooling doesn't really spend a lot of time talking about these types of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right, John, here's the big question. This is how we finish off every podcast. No, I sent you a mess. I sent you a message. Maybe I was like, last night. I think yeah. reference this big question. We are land life. I buy and sell dirt all over the country. If you, John, could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So I would. I did see the note, and um, I thought about it a little bit, 
And it was challenging because and it's interesting because I'm looking to buy land in Ohio. I'm from Ohio and uh, my wife and I, um, you know, we're camper folks. So, you know, we were looking at buying a piece of land in Ohio. But what I would actually say where I would buy land anywhere in the world, it would be Montana. Uh, I would say I would buy land in Montana. Um, and the second would be uh, Ohio. Okay. You know what? Montana is probably the most popular answer. I assumed it probably was. I actually have family. We have, my wife has family in Montana. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we, we've actually looked at, you know, some smaller parcels there. Um, yeah. And I know, yeah, you probably get that a lot, but uh, yeah. that's not just us, um, you know, saying, oh, you know, everybody wants to buy land in Montana. So let's go figure out how to buy land there. Yeah. Uh, we have some, somewhat of ties there and, I think we would buy it more for recreational purposes than we would investment purposes, to be honest. Sure. And, and it's, there's got to be a reason for it. You know, everybody sees it as like a the wide open final frontier of the United States that you can actually explore. And, you know, it's just kind of an interesting place. That, I mean, I live in Denver. We I guess we have mountains and stuff here, but Montana is a little bit more kind of out there. So right on, John. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, PJ. Have me back anytime. I appreciate everything. Absolutely, Best of luck, we will PM. need to follow up on this because uh, I'm sure there's a thousand questions that I'm gonna have later down the road after I figure this thing out, and that I'll have for you. So, all right, guys, um, thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time on Land Life.